Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the last couple of days I've been talking a lot about philosophy and, and ideas of how we manage our botanical method aquariums and what to do when we start up, all those kind of things. I've had a lot of discussions with people, I've done some podcasts here where we've talked about kind of how things, certain aspects of the, uh, the botanical method aquarium work. And with more and more people trying out botanicals and emerging themselves in the world of these botanical method aquariums, it's always nice to have a little, you know, refresher on some of the basics of our practice. Now, I realize many of you are advanced and probably sick of hearing some of the things I say, but there's a lot of questions that we receive from newer members of our community after they decide to sort of take the plunge and join our little dark, murky world. And although we've talked about most of the considerations, techniques, and expectations in some, I don't know, seven or 800 plus blogs and podcasts since we started here, it makes sense now and again to review some of this stuff. Today, let's just talk about one of the aspects of the mental shift. I've been talking about that a lot lately, but I've been fielding a lot of questions about expectations. Um, so let's talk about expectations. You see all the cool pics of amazing natural habitats. Hopefully you're Googling things like that and looking at them. You read all the cool comments on social media about people playing with their, you know, their botanical method aquariums. You see people do unboxing videos and even how-tos on social media and how to prepare botanicals, whatever. And you're ready to pull the trigger and jump for yourself into this really exciting kind of evolving world. And that's cool. And you have visions of, you know, exotic tannin-stained Amazonian blackwater tributaries and ridiculously colorful tetras spawning a crisp, you know, pistogrammas, angels, blah, blah, blah. This richly tinted, exotic, leaf-filled world in your mind. It's great to have that. However, like all things that we aspire to or envision in the hobby, the ultimate goal of a botanical method aquarium requires us to understand things, take some steps, perform some tasks, and endure a few challenges in order to get there. One of the first things we need to realize is that all of these cool botanicals, while they do impart tannins, humic substances, and other organics into the water, simply cannot perform spontaneous miracles, transforming your blue-white tap water from, you know, New Jersey into a Brazilian igarape overnight. Not going to happen. First off, you need to take the time to properly prepare the botanicals for use in your aquariums. Now, I know I just talked about my mindset changing on that, but it means you're going to have to boil some stuff if you want it to sink, at the very least, and give it a good rinse. Some of this stuff, you're going to have to just wait for it to sink if you don't want to boil it. And, you know, again, that's that's fine. Please, you know, do take a few minutes to study the idea behind preparation of botanical materials. And, you know, caution's always advised. You're adding all sorts of stuff into a closed biological system. There's going to be impacts. There could be risks associated with doing this. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Now, once the materials are added to your aquarium, and slowly I always say, you'll see a gradual coloring up of the water in many cases. The degree to which your water will color up, of course, depends on multiple factors, including which botanical materials you're using, how many of them, how long you steeped or boiled them, and whether or not you're utilizing any filter media like carbon, which will remove the tannins from, at least the visible tannins, from the water. This process doesn't happen overnight. It takes a little while. While you know, I admonish you to be patient as your water tints. If it makes you feel better, scoop a little out, pour it in a white bowl and compare it to your tap water. After just a few days, you're likely to see a significant difference in color. 
Now, again, a lot of hobbyists speculate on how much the pH of their aquarium water will change as a result of adding botanicals into the tank. This is another aspect of botanical method aquariums that has no set answer because there are numerous factors that can affect this, not the least of which is the alkalinity and the hardness of your water before you start adding these materials. We frequently receive questions from hobbyists who are surprised that the botanicals they've added have not dropped their pH from, you know, 7.8 to 6.5 or whatever. You know, why is it only 7.4? We'll hear them ask those kind of questions over and over again. And our answer is kind of boring. It depends. If you have very hard alkaline water and a buffering substrate material, even a significant influx of botanicals can only influence the pH by so much. Our recommendation based on years of playing with, you know, botanical method aquariums and blackwater aquariums is to start with water with very low to non-existent carbonate hardness, reverse osmosis, deionized water. It's the way to go. And an investment in a quality RODI unit will pay dividends for years for both your tinted and your standard aquariums. And of course, once you've had your botanicals underwater for a few weeks, then what happens? Well, like anything exposed to water, they start to break down. This is part of the natural process, right? And the charm, if you will, of the botanical method aquarium. You need to look at botanicals, particularly leaves, as transient materials, ultimately requiring replacement after they decompose in your tank. You can either remove them or simply add more materials. It all depends on your tolerance for the aesthetics of decomposing material in your tank. Again, we've talked about this so many times, you're probably sick of hearing it, but I get so many questions asking the same thing I, it's worth talking about. I personally, having made that mental shift long, long, long ago, embraced the process and its aesthetic as the ultimate expression of Takashi Amano's wabi-sabi philosophy, the beauty of nature and the visual aesthetic of materials evolving in your aquarium is pretty remarkable in my opinion. This is what happens in nature and is perfectly normal for it to happen in the aquarium. We really need to train ourselves to understand that this is how things really are in nature. And if we choose to fully embrace the process and aesthetic, that this is the essence of the botanical style or botanical method aquarium is still calling it style. It's crazy. It's not a perfectly manicured, aesthetically precise garden. Rather, it's a naturally functioning, naturally appearing ecosystem. It requires understanding, monitoring, patience, and caution. And then, of course, there's those biofilms and fungal growths. We all know about those. And not only do they, are they sort of the product of a significant quantity of organic materials that you're adding to your tank, fungi and bacteria act upon the botanicals to help break them down and process all the nutrients that they release into the water. Other creatures ranging from microcrustaceans to insects, even fishes will consume the biofilms and for that matter, the fungal growths. While potentially disgusting in appearance to some people, they're among nature's most useful and necessary organisms. They're present in every body of water, including your visually pristine nature aquarium. It's just that in the context of botanical-filled aquariums, they're front and center, just like in nature. Sure, the initial sight of them in your tank is both startling and oftentimes upsetting for those who have never experienced it before. They generally are more significant and last longer during the early phases of your aquarium as it establishes itself and matures ecologically. While they may or may not ever completely disappear from your aquariums or may they, ebb, they may ebb and flow over time, they're to be embraced and not reviled. It, it's hard. It's contrary to what you know. It's a mental shift that you need to make if you're going to try to embrace this unique and aesthetically functionally different botanical method aquarium concept. And it's often not easy. 
yeah, I'm going to keep sharing these ideas and keep sharing shots of the natural world over and over and over. We're getting better. We're, we hear so much about, you know, Detritus Thursday and Tinted Tuesday and all these, these hashtags people have made up. So it's, we're getting some traction with our ideas. But we have to remind ourselves that the idea of a perfectly sterile aquarium, although maybe beautiful to some, is not the perfect picture of nature. It's just not. Most of the amazing botanical method aquariums that you see are by aquarium aesthetic standards anything but pristine looking once you get over that initial wow that comes naturally as you gaze on a mature established well-maintained botanical method aquarium for the first time you start to notice you notice stuff in the water yeah often little bits of leaves small particles of loose biofilms decomposed botanicals even some small aquatic crustaceans if you're lucky yeah, an established botanical method aquarium is anything but spotless. And that's the beautiful thing about it. It's a vibrant yet tranquil world filled with life in many forms. A true microcosm. Now look, don't get me wrong. In a well-maintained botanical method aquarium, the water will be clear, nitrate and phosphate levels negligible, and the tank will be clean and healthy. I say will be clear. It's often clear, as we've talked about just recently. Sometimes it's turbid, indefinitely. Most of the time it's clear. But it will be different. It will have operational norms that differ from other types of aquariums. It'll have tolerances, quirks, and stability factors that are different too. It will visually look different than any other type of aquarium that you've ever kept. The water has a sort of texture. The aquarium will sparkle in its own unusual way and light effects will play out, varying throughout the day and during your lighting cycle. The water will have that earthy, alive, organic scent that's very different than virtually any other aquarium you've ever had. You'll notice other things too. Your fishes. Many types of fishes which hail from these types of environments in nature will appear more relaxed. There's no other way to put it. They'll begin to display different behaviors, perhaps calmed by the more dimly lit environment of a botanical method aquarium. This will be more than evident among fishes which have a bit of a reputation for being shy or retiring. You'll see a different side of them which you hadn't previously experienced. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And the colors. Yeah, the colors will be more vivid. We've seen some fishes display an almost entirely different set of color patterns than their counterparts kept in clear, bright aquariums. It's something you'll know when you see it. Trust us. And there's more. So much more. Hi. And, and again, I can go on and on and on talking about these expectations. But all it's going to do is just put you in the mindset of saying, wow, they're really trying to beat us over the head with this stuff. But I have to bring it up every once in a while because it's important that we as a community understand what we're getting into. Stay, I don't know what would the word I'd be saying, enthralled with this stuff because it really is fascinating. Um, and always appreciate it as something truly unique. Stay engaged, stay captivated, stay enthusiastic, stay curious, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenon Aquatics with this little Tenon quick hit for those that are maybe new to our world. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tenon.